Worried Writer, helping you to overcome fear, self-doubt and procrastination to get the work done. I'm your host, Sarah Painter, and I'm a novelist and self-confessed worried writer. For show notes, resources and much more, please head to worriedwriter.com. And now, on with the show. Welcome to episode 53 of The Worried Writer. I'm recording this on Sunday the 30th of June, a wee bit close to the wire. I'm going to keep the intro short today, uh, partly because I'm tight on time, but also because it is a lovely sunny day and there are lots of folk out in their gardens and we seem to have a quiet spot without anybody, you know, chainsawing or mowing their lawns loudly or playing football against the side of the fence. So I'm going to just nip in while it's a wee bit quiet. My guest today is Eileen Aaron, who is the author of YA Paranormal and Science Fiction. She has hit the USA Today bestselling list twice and has sold uh, 1.5 million books to date. So we have a great chat about publishing options and the pressures of success and Eileen gives her tips on writing. I really love that she emphasises that writing is a craft and that craft can be learned. As always, a massive thank you to everyone supporting the show on Patreon. Thank you so much. You can join our growing Patreon community at The Worried Writer on Patreon. Go to patreon.com forward slash worried writer and that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N. I really love making the podcast, but it takes a significant amount of time and some money to produce. If you want to help to keep the show going, please consider becoming a patron. You can support the show for just $1 a month. If you pledge $2 or more, you will also receive an exclusive mini episode that I put out in the middle of every month. You will also get instant access to the backlist of extra episodes as soon as you pledge. Thank you. Just a small writing update. This month I went on holiday, which was great. That was after the launch of the Silver Mart. The launch went well, and as I say, then I went on holiday with my family to Italy, which was not the best timing from a publishing marketing point of view, but from a sort of personal health happiness um, life point of view, it was great. So that was wonderful. And then since then, I have been so relieved because I've heard from fans of The Night Raven that they like The Silver Mark, which is a huge relief. As always, I was super worried and I didn't want to let anybody down with a sort of disappointing follow-up. So I'm so relieved and happy. I'm busy now working on the third Crow book. I have parked my other book project for now because the deadline for this one is pretty tight. And I'm also, honestly, I'm also thinking about what else I might need to cut out in order to focus on my fiction. I've got so many ideas and plans and not quite enough time and headspace to do them all at the moment which, you know, to be clear, is a wonderful position to be in, and I'm delighted, but it is something that I'm thinking about. One of the things that's on my mind is that I am doing a talk um, at the RNA conference in a couple of weeks' time. That's the Romantic Novelists Association here in the UK, and they have an annual conference, and this year it's at Lancaster uh, University, 
Um, yeah, and I'm absolutely thrilled to have been invited to speak. Uh, so I will be doing a worried writer talk there. I haven't been to the RNA conference before, so that's going to be a new experience as well. If you are going to be there, do please come along and say hello. It would be great to meet you. Before we get to the interview section, I just want to give a quick shout out to some lovely folk on Twitter. As always, even if you cannot um, or do not want to support the show financially, I really, truly appreciate all your comments, your tweets, um, sharing the podcast, spreading the word, leaving a review on iTunes. um, All of those things just make all the difference to the visibility of the podcast and also help to motivate me um, to carry on going. So thank you so, so much. Emma Claire Wilson on Twitter said, listening to the interview with Alani Diane Rich, her own your awesome speech was just what I needed. Between that and my awesome view, I am now pumped and ready to edit. Such a great podcast. Thank you so much, Emma Claire, and also for posting the great picture. Um, Yeah, I love Alani Diane Rich's own your awesome speech as well. It is fantastic. I will put a link in the show notes so that people can find it easily. And that's Emma Claire Wilson at EC Wilson Writer. Thank you. Also, Antonio Arch, who's at Antonio Arch, said, I'm so in love with the Worried Writer podcasts. Thank you so much, Antonio. Heather Critchlow, who's at H underscore Critchlow. And welcome as well to HD Coulter, who is at Coulter underscore HD. Thank you again. And now on to the interview section of the show. My guest today is YA paranormal and science fiction author Eileen Aaron. Eileen has a BS in TV film from the University of Texas, and after working in commercial editing in Los Angeles for a few years, Eileen moved to writing novels. Since then, she has hit the USA Today best-selling list twice and has shifted nearly 500,000 books in her Alpha Girl series and sold one and a half million books to date. Welcome to the show, Eileen. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. So nice to be here. I mean, I could start waxing lyrical about that amazing success, but perhaps we should start (laughs) off. Um, If you could just tell us all a wee bit about your Alpha Girl series. So I wrote my Alpha Girl series um, in my MFA. I wrote the first one. It went through so many revisions as that does when you're in the writing process. Um, But when I graduated, I wasn't sure what to do with the book or what I what I wanted to do with publishing. And, and there were so many different avenues to go about it right then. There was indie, small press, you could do traditional, submitting to editors and, and agents and everything. Um, but the problem that I ran into was that no one really wanted to see a submission of a YA paranormal in 2013. So I just, uh, I decided to go India. It was felt very low risk. Um, I started a publishing company, formulated a business plan and, uh, started working on, um, making a series out of the one book, um, and, and did it every six months, a new release. Um, and by the third book I was on the USA Today list. So that was pretty great. <laughs> That's incredible. <laughs> it's so funny. My, my next question was going to be to ask you about your path to publication. And I was going to say, you know, you're published by Ink Monster. And I was going to say, I love the logo for the imprint. It's gorgeous. It's so cute. Um, oh, but thank you. so you had, you have a big hand in all of that then. Yes. Ink Monster is my company. Um, I started it early, um, 2013. Um, and 
I just wanted to find a way to break in with my novel. Um, I worked with another author who has since left, um, but we built this company. She had a marketing background. I had more of a publishing books, um, editing background and together it just really worked well for a while. Um, and we, I was, I, I decided I knew exactly what I wanted if I was going to be publishing and going indie. I wanted it to work with a distributor. I wanted, um, to have the links to the next book in the series in the back of my current release. I wanted, um, somebody that could really fight for me at retailers because as like, just an individual, it's really hard to rise above from all the books and all the, the people out there. So, um, so yeah, I, yeah. And then we started with branding logos, Mm -hmm. website design. It took some time. It took about a year to get everything really together, looking like we wanted it to look with a business plan and how we were going to reach our readers and, and really break into the business. And it ended up working out really well for us. I should say so. And it's so, so impressive. I mean, I'll be putting the links in the show notes. And um, I, I urge anybody, everybody listening, regardless of whether you're thinking about hybrid or indie or traditional, to go and look at the beautiful, beautiful publishing website and the fantastic logo and the, the branding. Everything about it is so impressive. Um, and you deserve every success. Oh, um, thank you. <laughs> and um, yes, I'm certainly taking some tips for um, for my own publishing imprint um, from your kind of um, level that you are working at. Um, so in terms of, I mean, I think because this is the worry dry time, I'm always thinking in terms of mindset. And mm-hmm. I think we were on a similar timeline. So my first book came out in 2013. But I mean, and like, like yourself, I'd, I'd gone to university for writing and I'd worked on it for many years before. But I didn't have any confidence whatsoever in my own work and I kind of needed that stamp of approval um, from an external source so I so admire that ability to sort of choose yourself and to be business-minded from the beginning Um, what do you think what helped you to do that or is that just a part of your personality is probably not part of my personality. I, <laughs> I still, you know, sometimes struggle with like, I, d- I kind of went around the box. I didn't, I didn't really go the way that most people do this. Um, and I'm doing it all myself. So I kind of, for a little while, didn't consider myself, um, a real author. I was like, no, I'm just kind of like putting out books. I'm not really. Um, but then I hit the USA Today list and I actually didn't know that I hit the USA Today list for until like the next book came out and I was like I wonder if this one will and I was checking and I was like oh wait a second I already because I was a pu- my own publisher nobody tells you the publishers <laughs> are looking at that and I, I was doing it myself so I didn't even think about it and I was like oh my numbers are pretty high I wonder do you think I, I just had no context of what was doing well and what wasn't and was this competitive with what was out there. Mm. Um, so I think it's just something that you have to decide for yourself. You have to, um, that internet editor is in there for every single author out there, every single writer. Um, and, and you do crave that validation from, you know, a big publisher or, um, a big agent that would get you this great deal. Um, but I think having, having that idea that, that you don't necessarily need that, that you can do it yourself is really like a freeing thing. Um, I, I get that validation from my readers who are 
who are buying the books and writing these really wonderful reviews from my super fans group who cheer me on while I'm writing. Um, and I just, uh, yeah, it's, it's just one of that things you have to, you have to tell it to be quiet, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. And I think, I think we're so lucky to have these options now. Yeah, it's it's great. And like you say, getting that sort of validation direct from the reader. And ultimately, they're the important people. Yeah. So I mean, it made it very easy for me to go indie because um, every time I went, I went to a lot of different conventions and Mm -hmm. um, sat in and some agents and editor sessions and everybody was always asking, like, what are you looking for? What are you not looking for? And, you know, different authors and writers trying to write toward whatever trend was hitting or what was coming up next. And they were all across the board saying, please do not send us anything with werewolves or vampires. And I was like, well, I've got this werewolf book, but <laughs> they were just not going to take it. They were not going to look at it. They were not going to accept it. And so I was like, well, this is very low risk because nobody want, says they even want to look at it. Mm. So it made it quite clear what, then. Uh-huh. Yeah. I was like, oh, well, I can either do like just throw it away or I can try this other thing. And if it fails and, you know, then, and I turns out that I'm maybe not a good enough writer or can't make it on my own, then, you know, it's not my only idea. I Mm. can, you know, go back, write something else and then do that traditionally. So there's, there was like no, no, like time. It was just my time and energy if it was going to be, success or not Mm, fantastic and then you know you obviously set everything up and to give yourself the best possible chance of success as I was saying you know doing this incredible job with the um with the publishing side um was that hard to learn that side or I know you said you were working with somebody that had some marketing um experience it was all a learning process, you know. <laughs> I, I studied while I was in my MFA. I, I loved learning the writing from there, but I wasn't getting enough of the business side. So I got like a subscription, Publishers Weekly, to Writer's Digest. And I started watching for trends and what agents were acquiring what to see what was happening. And all of the indie stuff was really starting to take off. It turned um, from something that was like, oh, this vanity press thing, this horrible (laughs) thing that writers that can't cut it do to something that like a lot of writers were making quite a bit of money and having success doing. And I was like, well, you know what? Um, I'm going to try this. But I understood that publishing was a business Mm -hmm. and I had to have a business model and a business plan and a brand and a website and a whole, the whole nine yards. It had to be professional. So, um, that was kind of, kind of something that I think some indie authors miss. They're just like, oh, well, I've got the book and I've got the cover and it's edited and I'm just going to pop it up on KDP. Mm. But then how are you, how are you going to stand out? Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, all of this stuff, I mean, takes so much work, doesn't it? It takes work and it takes time being the publisher as well as being the writer. So um, I would love, I mean, I'm looking for tips. So I would love to hear about how you manage to balance your kind of business side with your writing side because you've also been impressively productive with your writing so please give me your secrets (laughs) (laughs) so um for a while it's just you know writing as much as you can and then um I I tried different tricks and tips to try and kind of balance it 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 ended up 
you know, being a lot of work. I had other authors that I was publishing as well. And I ended up, um, giving that those authors over to, um, a friend who was starting her own publishing business. Cause I was like that, this is now getting into too much work because the publishing stuff is a lot of work. So I try and to do whatever publishing stuff I need to do, marketing, whatever's not writing at the beginning of my day. And then at lunchtime, whatever it is, that's not urgent. It waits till tomorrow. And then I, the rest of it is like, that's my, my writing time. And I kind of hold that really sacred and true and don't, I don't try to bleed into the two. Um, I find that can get like really tricky. And when I'm launching a book, I typically, it's so much work. I just say, I'm, I'm going to plan on not writing for these few weeks. And then I will get back into writing that way. I'm not like beating myself up for not getting a word count in that day. Mm-hmm. Um, but you kind of have to separate the two, at least for me. Um, I can't switch back and forth all day from writing and publishing. It takes up, you know, two different parts of my brain. So I've got to kind of segregate them. Um, I also, for a little while, was doing like one day a week um, of, of publishing stuff and then the rest of the week was writing but mm-hmm. I found stuff like bleeded over as I as I sent an email then stuff would trickle in and oh can you do this oh and there's an opportunity here and no so that was so that's why I decided to do all the mornings now um, I have someone that helps me so that's amazing so um, that's mm-hmm. kind of changed changed it a lot so I'm writing even faster now. Um, but it is, it's a balancing act. So you kind of have to figure it out, um, what works for you, um, how you're going to manage like one day a week and do the rest writing in the mornings and the afternoons. Like when is your most productive writing time? When is your mind awake and, and present enough to do the writing part? And Mm -hmm. then I'm not a morning person. So that's why I do (laughs) publishing stuff in the morning. So whenever your, you know, your peak writing time is hold that, hold that sacred. That's, that's your writing time. And the rest of it, you fit in the publishing stuff in the, in the cracks of uh-huh. that. That makes a lot of sense. And um, do you um, do things like aim for a typical word count when you're having writing days or um, do you have any other kind of process things that you do? So I uh, use Scrivener. Um, I, I know it takes me about six to eight weeks to get a first draft done. So I, I kind of put that into Scrivener. They have a, like a little word count per day to get to your deadlines. Um, I try now that I have a daughter, um, she's three now. I don't like to work on the weekends if I can avoid it. So I mark off the weekends and tell it I'm only going to write Monday, Wednesday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, then that's it. And it will, um, count how many words I need, um, per day to make that deadline. Some days, you know, I hit that word count easily and go way over it. Some days I'm, I'm under it, but it's usually about, it's steady. Um, I can do comfortably 2,500 words a day. Um, uh, so that's about what I try and aim for. Some days, you know, I get like 5,000 words and some days I get a thousand. So it's just, you know, kind of works out aha uh-huh. yeah and in terms of um i mean writing sci-fi i imagine involves a fair amount of world building and and things yeah. do you do you do all that stuff up front and kind of plan things out or do you dive in and work everything out sort of organically so i do it kind of um in in kind of spurts because in the in the beginning i do a lot of the world building um and then 
Um, I think I've got everything how I want it to be. And then I start writing in the draft. I'm like, actually, I need to know about this and that. So I usually write through to the first two acts. Um, and when I'm about to do the third act, I stop. I look at all the world building. Do I need more information? Do I need um, something else? Um, I mark things in my uh, in my document with a double X and then hit a fine for XX. Um, so like XX name here, XX fact here. And like, so that I don't, um, break my writing flow, um, for something that's, I can Google later or think about and world build later. Um, so like XX new religion here, you know, like it's just like, (laughs) and then I'm like, okay, I need to like, think about how this is going to play into that. And then when I do my, um, my first, um, revision, I go through and I fill in those blanks and I fill in that world building and then I send it off to my editor and inevitably she's going to be like, yeah, but what about this and this and this? And that's all the editing process. I take about three rounds of revisions with my, with my developmental editor to really get it polished. Mm, Excellent. And you, you mentioned there getting into the flow state and not breaking the flow of writing, which I think is a great tip. Um, do you sort of shut off the internet or do you have a particular place that you write? Are there any other things that you do to help you get into the flow and stay there? Yes, I shut off the internet. Um, I use uh, Freedom. It's an app that you can either cancel your entire internet, your it turns off your Wi-Fi um, and it it makes it completely unusable for a period of time unless you um, shut off your computer entirely and turn it back on. There's no off switch, um, <laughs> which is pretty, you know, I'm not going to turn off. It has to be pretty desperate and dire if I'm actually going to turn off my computer to, <laughs> to like look <laughs> something up. Um, so I use that. And I also like to use um, Scrivener's full screen function. So it um, d- blacks out the rest of my screen. So I turn, I have notifications off. I, I make it, you know, fill up the screen and I kind of just let it flow until I like need a break to get up and grab a drink of water or whatever. And then I try and get really quickly back into, um, the story. Mm, no, that's great. And do you have silence or music or white noise? <laughs> music, m- uh, music, but no words. Um, so I have a few, um, like a Spotify playlist, you know, with, you know, all, I like kind of relaxing ambient music. So it's almost like you're at the spa. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah. And because this is the worried writer, I'm afraid I'm going to ask you to delve into any struggles. So um, do you ever suffer from a sort of creative block? Or is there a particular part of the process when you're more likely to struggle? Like, is it drafting? Or is it in the editing? Or do you never suffer from any? <laughs> oh, man. If you meet a, a writer that never suffers. <laughs> no, never. You could oh, be the man. first, though. <laughs> I, no. <laughs> um, the second act for me, the second half of the second act, I'm always like, there is no light at the end of the tunnel. This book will never be finished. <laughs> it's carrying on forever. I, I don't think, it, think I'm ever going to finish it. This is horrible. It's all horrible. Life is horrible. Um, and inevitably I come in from my office and, and whine to my husband. He's like, and where are you at in the process? What, what, 
where are you right now? I'm like, oh, I just hit the midpoint. I'm in the second. He's like, all right, okay. Why don't you just have a glass of wine? And like, (laughs) (laughs) we've been here before. (laughs) We've been here before a time or two. But always. (laughs) It's so funny, isn't it? Why doesn't it get easier? That's what I keep thinking. Why, why doesn't, you know, why do I still suffer at the same point every time? It's so funny. And, and, and I think it's, I think every writer does this. And I think, I mean, if, if there was one, I'm like, good for you. Slow clap. What do you do? I want to know. Um, but but yeah, I mean, there's always that one point where you're just like, oh, this is a disaster. And, and every single time I'm like, no, this time it's different. And my husband's <laughs> No, but like, this time it's really broken. <laughs> it's really, this is going to be terrible. It's horrible. It's, it's all awful. You read it. You're going to see how bad. And he's like, uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. And so in terms of obviously we have to have a glass of wine and we have to moan about it and then we kind of have to grit it out. But are there any sort of strategies that you use for when you're really stuck or, you know, when you're trying to grit it out? When I'm really, really, really stuck, I know that there's there's usually something um, that's wrong. It's like my subconscious telling me like, there's something not heading up correctly here. So I try and go back and, and reread. Um, if, if it's something, if I'm stuck for more than like a day or two, I know it's something that my subconscious is saying, Hey, Hey, go back. You need to go back. So I, I try and be aware of that. Um, but if it's something that's just happening, um, during like each day, um, one trick that I learned, um, somebody told me a couple years ago and I was like, this is so smart. I don't know why I didn't think of this. He told me never, ever to end the day at the end of a scene or at the end of a chapter. Always stop in the middle of a paragraph, middle of a scene, middle of dialogue. Just even if you, you're like, oh, no, I have no more time. Just keep going for like five more minutes and get into the next something so you have a place to start when you're sitting down again. And I was like, Oh, and it kind of just like keeps the flow rolling from one day to the next. So you're, you keep like kind of that constant, consistent writing going. Mm, That's a great tip. And in terms of, I know you mentioned the sort of second act there. So, and I'm guessing that you kind of know a fair amount about story structure. I mean, not just from writing, but from your sort of education, because I'm imagining Mm -hmm. that film and TV probably (laughs) was structure heavy. So And is that something that you find very helpful or do you have any resources or books that you recommend for anybody who would like to learn more about that? I I use a screenwriting book for um, my story structure. It's super basic, super um, easy to digest and understand. They recently did a novel version, for, um, but I haven't read it yet. My husband actually just gave it to me on Friday and he was like, hey, they made one for novelists. Don't you want to see? It's Save the Cat. Blake Snyder. Um, he talks in the beginning a bit about um, genre and high concept. And that's more movie kind of. And so that doesn't apply for novel writing. But his 13 beats um, that are the key points in a story and the 40 note cards, I think that really um, lends itself well to um, an outline. So that's what I do before before I start anything. I have a a little beat sheet and I write out the 13 key points and then I draw the little lines. How do I get from this beat to the next beat and the next one to the next one, you know, and those are my 40 note cards. So it's 10 note cards for act one, 
um, 20 for Act 2, which is why it always seems like a beast to write, because it's <laughs> twice as long, and then 10 again for Act 3. So it's it's um, really easy to do. It, you just write like one sentence on each note card. It's just kind of the gist of what that scene is going to be. And that's pretty much what you need to get started or what I need to get started on a book. Um, it usually changes. Um, and like, as I write, it flushes out and, and becomes something else a little bit. And I go back at the end of act two and I'm like, does this still make sense? Am I still writing this ending? Okay, great. I'm going to fix it or keep going. Um, but yeah, I really, really love Save the Cat by Blake Snyder. Oh, that's great. And, um, I've had that book recommended to me and I haven't actually read it, but I did get the, um, Save the Cat writes a novel. Oh, and, did you? And I just, I just finished it, and it's super good. So is it? Um, is it? I haven't, I haven't read it yet. It, it's, it's sitting on my, um, on my desk, and I'm really anxious to get, to get into it because I'm curious how they changed it for, for novel writing. I think, um, you know, knowing about structure, it, some people hate reading about it, and some people find it useful. And uh, like all of these things, you know, if it, if it helps, great. If it doesn't you know, throw it out the window. <laughs> um, right. But um, but again, in terms of kind of self-doubt and that kind of thing, are there any parts of the kind of whole world, you know, that there's the publishing side of it, there's being read, which is great, but can be scary. Um, mm-hmm. How do you ever sort of, sort of suffer with fear or self-doubt around any of those areas? Of course, of course. You know, I just launched um, Lunar Court. It's book eight in the series. And, you know, I had anxiety the night before it was coming out. Mm -hmm. I, like, didn't sleep at all. Um, Total insomnia. I was nervous. So, so nervous. Even though I had reviews already that said it was going to be, that they all enjoyed it, five stars, everything. Um, It's still, I was like, oh, but, you know, once the fans get it, they might not like it. And I hate to disappoint them, you know. So every, I think... You know, it's just part of it. Um, writing is such like a personal thing, you know, and sharing it. You want it to be enjoyed and accepted and everything. And that's always, no matter what art form you're doing, it's always scary. Um, you're putting a little piece of your your heart out there um, and you want it to be accepted. Um, and it's it's hard to, to do it, but it's kind of, you can't be a be an author without putting it out there you can't reach any kind of success if you're not doing it so yeah it's kind of kind of one of those things that you've just gotta kind of get through um (laughs) but you know the self-doubt it's there it's that that little inner editor that little you know and I think even non-writers non-artists kind of get that it's that thing that tells them that they're not good enough. You know, everybody can relate to that. Everybody's got that in them. Um, and it's like, how much, how much power are you going to get that, give that little voice? How much, um, how much of yourself are you going to, you know, Mm. let that take over and, and just kind of deciding, you know what, it's going to be fine. It's great. I'm actually doing a great job and getting those people in your life that will support you and say, this is good. I, I would tell you if it was bad, this is good. You're mm-hmm. doing a great job. Keep going, you know, and having those key people in your life are, are, is really helpful. Yeah, that's that's great advice. That's so true. And I was also thinking about how success, not to complain about it because it's amazing and brilliant, um, but you kind of do feel that new pressure, like you were saying about not wanting to let readers down. You know, if you've got this beloved series 
and then you've got that added thing of not just is the book good or as good as I can make it, but, you know, hoping that these readers that are so supportive of you, hoping that they like it, you know, that um, that must be that must be tough. It's, you know, it's really, it's a good problem to have. It's, <laughs> uh-huh. such nice, it's a sweet problem to have. But, you know, I wrote this book, it's some of the side characters, and it was one that um, that readers had been asking me for for years. And until I wrote the last book, I was, I kept telling them, I don't know that they can be together. I don't know that these two characters can be together. They've got too much to overcome. And then I was writing the last book and I had this idea. I was like, oh, wait. So it was something that readers had been asking me for. And I'm like, if I then give it to them and they don't like it, (laughs) (laughs) this is going to be horrible. Uh I was like, I don't want to disappoint them because they've been asking me for years for this. So, um, so I finally wrote it, but you know, then I get an email last night, you know, from a reader who was just like the mo- she all in all caps about how much she loved it and how I made her ugly cry and all the twists oh. and turns. And I was like, yay! <laughs> yay. I was like, I was like, I can sleep again. Everything's fine. It's gonna be fine. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> so, so it's yeah. So it's good. I mean, it's is part of the process is is having that you know. But I think. Also, having that little inner editor, sometimes it's good. It keeps you wanting to do better, to keep striving to be the best writer that you can be and like questioning, like, is this a good draft? I'm going to have somebody else read it. Let me make sure I'm doing a good job, you know? So I kind of try and push it in that direction rather than, you know, something that's really hounding on my shoulder, you know, something really bringing me down. Mm, No, that makes a lot of sense. And um, lots of folk listening might be, you know, they might be trying to finish their first book, or they might be going through submission hell when they're trying to get (laughs) published. Um, Would you what advice would you give to a sort of beginning writer? Or is there something that you wish that you'd known when you started out? Um, I think for beginning writers, I would say just keep writing. Um, And I think sometimes, you know, finishing that first draft, you've just got to finish it. If you've got something that you're just starting working on or you're stuck in the middle and you keep going back and revising, let it all go. Um, Your first draft isn't going to be good. Your first book isn't going to be good. You have to, like, learn the process. It's a craft, and the craft can be learned, but you have to – welcome the revision process, get that first draft out, um, and start, start working on revising the whole, the whole piece. Um, uh, there's a great saying that I love to tell people, um, you can't revise a blank page. So you've got to just keep going, get the story on the page. Um, and then you can fix whatever needs fixing later. And if you end up not happy with that book, know that that is a great achievement. Just finishing that book, start on something new keep going, keep writing, because every book that you write will get better and better. Every time you revise it, you will get better at this writing process. It's a craft, you know, mm-hmm. and it, it just is learned. And the more you do it, the better you get. Um, and I would say my, my writing has changed drastically from my first book to the one I just put out. Um, I keep learning new things, taking, going to new seminars. There's always more to learn. Um, and I think I've, my writing is much improved even after my MFA, like way drastically, even more so than when I was in my MFA. So, um, so yeah, just keep, keep going, keep writing and don't give up. Fantastic. And I mean, it's so true. The more we practice, the better we get, but somehow mm-hmm. people's, we don't always think that when it comes to writing for some reason, I don't know why. Yeah. Um, well, it's, 
it's hard when you like pick up a book and you're like, wow, this is really amazing. I bet they just sat down that, there and read, wrote that in one draft. First try, gold. I'm like, no, no, everybody's like trying really hard and rewriting and then going through the same thing. You've just got to keep going. Um, uh, Jim Butcher, um, he's a great um, urban fantasy. He also has a fantasy series writer. He has um, this little tale about how he first got published on his website. And when I was first starting writing, I would go to Jim Butcher's page every day and read his um, page about how he got published and how not to give up and how to keep going. And I found it ex extremely um, inspirational. So I was like, no, I'm just going to keep going. Um, and he, it's just really powerful. Um, go to his website, read it. I, I can't quote it. <laughs> I will I'll put, <laughs> well, it, I'll I'll put it a link. Spot. But it's so, it's so great. I, um, it, he really inspired me. And like, as, as I was before I got my MFA, when I was in my MFA, when I was starting publishing and like, I, I just, I, and every once in a while when I'm like, you know what, I don't know if I'm going to make it. I go back through to his website and I click on about Jim Butcher and go and read his, his little piece about publishing. Oh, that's brilliant. And I'm hopefully, um, you saying this now, people listening, hopefully that will be encouraging. Um, yes, like you say, you've just got to keep on going. Um, but I will put a link to that in the show notes. That's fab. Um, so finally, I'd love to hear about what's next for you. Like, what are you working on now or your next release? So right now I'm working on Off Balance. It's the sequel to Off Planet, which came out in March. Um, it'll, it's coming out on St. Patrick's Day next year. Um, so I'm about 40,000 words into that and really loving it. Um, and then after that, I'm going to be writing Alpha Erased, which is book nine in um in my alpha girl series. Um, that's going to be really fun. It's, I'm finally doing, um, the main POV characters, um, mate in it, um, and having her memory wiped. So that'll be really fun for readers. Uh, <laughs> so they'll get to fall in love all over again. Um, yeah, so it'll be romantic. And so I'm really looking forward to writing that one too. And what I, you've just made me, and you've just reminded me, I wanted to ask what led you to writing in some slightly different genres? Because obviously you've got sci-fi and you've got paranormal sort of werewolves. Um, what what made you change or change genre a wee bit? Um, well, I guess uh, most people say write what you know, but I don't know anything about paranormal or going into outer space. I probably <laughs> will never go to outer space. Although... I did read an article that they're accepting um, or will be accepting people into the uh, space station soon, just privately. You can fly up there. I'm like, I don't know how much it's going to be a billion dollars, but one day maybe it's possible. No, probably not. <laughs> you never um, know. You never know. Crazier things have happened. I could win the lotto. Who knows? <laughs> so, um, so, yeah. Um, but I... I love the write what you love. And so I love space opera. I love sci-fi. I love paranormal. I love werewolves. I love fairy tales. Um, so I just kind of write what I love. Um, I, it was interesting making such a big change from werewolves to kind of interstellar travel. Um, so that was a big leap, but I kind of worked, you know, really hard on it. I hoped it was going to be accepted by new readers who had never read me before and um, also encouraged my uh, fans to go with me. I'm like, 
just give it a try. Read a sample. I, I sent out a lot of samples. I posted it on my um, social media. I said, just give it a shot. Um, and they did. And they were like, actually, we'll read this too. <laughs> That's really good. Yeah. I'm really thankful for that. And I think from a creative point of view, I can imagine it's, it's. I mean, I, I like writing across genre because I read across genre and I love across genre. Um, so I can imagine that it's kind of creatively refreshing. It is, it is. After so many werewolf books, it, it got to be, you know, a little bit, like I, I didn't feel like my ideas were fresh anymore. I was like, mm. I need sort of like a palate cleanser. Um, and that's what Off Planet was for me. I love that you're following your passion with your writing. Um, and as I say, doing it so well and being so successful at it I'm yeah very inspiring thank you so much for your time um so just before we finish uh, where can listeners find out more about you and your books online you can find me at eileenaron.com um, on Facebook and Instagram. I'm also on Twitter, but I never check that. Um, and um, my Alpha Girl series and Off Planet are um, at all major retailers. Brilliant. Well, as I say, I will put all the links in the show notes, but thank you so much for your time. It was lovely to speak to you. So nice to speak to you. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening today. For show notes and links, head to worriedwriter.com. If you'd like to connect, find me on Twitter at Sarah R. Painter or use the hashtag worriedwriter. See you next time.